meeting is now live on Facebook. Hey, Facebook. We are so excited and uh, that everybody's tuning in to the Living Well and KGA Radio podcast show today. It's a little different venue. We had a change of plans, some technical challenges, and we are just hurtling, man. We're just going to roll with the punches. We're uh, live now on Zoom. We should be on your Facebook feed. We'll be on uh, the YouTube podcast. will be up later this afternoon. And wherever you're tuning in from, we hope that you will uh, you know, just sh give us a shout out of where you're tuning in from. Uh, we're going to be managing the Zoom uh, stream for questions and answer. We're going to be managing our Facebook feed at KG Radio as well. Gardy's here with us as well. Good morning, Gardy. How are you this morning? Dr. Chapa, I'm not going to lie. I am doing excellent this morning. It's going to be a good day today. I'm excited to, to start my morning with you. I actually had opportunity to chat for a bit and check out what you were eating for breakfast, which is probably what everybody across America is eating for breakfast. They're probably wondering what they, what do you put in the, I want people to put in the, the, um, uh, the chat box below. What do you think I might be eating for breakfast? And, 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 and then we'll just play a game here in a little bit, but yes, I think that I should be on the uh, on a on a box, if you will, and this should be demonstrated for what is a breakfast of champions. So, yeah. Good morning, all. I'm just so excited. This is a little different. Normally, Gardy's opening us up, and he says, "How are you, Dr. Chop?" And I say, "Well, I'm fine as frog hair. Have you ever seen hair on a frog?" And I and and people go, "What did he just say?" And uh, the reality is, is it's because it's so fine. That's about how good I'm doing. So fine. And I hope that you guys are doing so fine as well today. God bless everybody. And today is the end of June. We're excited uh, about this whole month's topic has been eat this, not that. We're going to be talking about food as medicine. Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center believes that all life starts and stops at the cellular level. And nutrition is the fundamental backbone that allows your body to move forward and to get traction and move in a direction that is healthy, positive. And, and, and longevity-wise, uh, the direction that we need to be moving. And, but food could also be your demise. So if you put the wrong food in, I call it make-believe food. If you eat make-believe food, the best you'll ever get, Guardi, is what? Make-believe health. Make-believe health. And I assure you, nobody wants make-believe health. Because if, an, if they say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure uh, when it comes to your health, you either pay now or you pay later. It's cheaper to take care of your problems when they're little bitty roots as opposed to waiting until problems really manifest into a real diagnosis or a real disease process. That's very challenging. I was talking with a friend this morning and he's got a neighbor that was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the crazy thing about pancreatic cancer is it's one of those diseases that it doesn't manifest until it's at a severity point. And so very few people recover from <clears throat> uh, pancreatic cancer, unfortunately. And, and, but the goal is not to recover from pancreatic cancer. The goal is to never get a cancer, all right? And so true prevention is to allow disease processes to hit your body two weeks after you've left the earth suit. And, and, and that's what we want. We don't want disease to hit you while you're in it. We want disease to take over the creepy crawly things to take over after you've left it. And, and, and that's my prayer for you that 
you would see that food is your medicine and that you are in control of your health more than you realize. And many, many people just don't realize that it is their life, their health, their choice. And, and, and it's because of bad marketing. It's because of um, bad coaching and teaching and people haven't been giving insight to the truth of food. Most medical uh, practitioner schools don't even offer more than 10 hours of nutritional training. So of course they're not equipped to take people through a diet recommendation program. They're not you know, equipped to lead them through the food journey that we at Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center lead people down. We are gonna talk about here in just a little bit the four deadly food additives, as well as the top four, maybe even top 10 most common food intolerances. I don't know if I should call them allergies, but definitely intolerances because these are foods that don't necessarily cause anaphylactic shock, like an allergy by medical definition phraseology. So we have to start redefining terms and helping people realize that intolerance just means that your body can only tolerate it to some degree. But if you keep putting that, putting that, putting that substance into your body, it pushes you over a threshold and will cause inflammation to lead to uh, that the inflammation will lead to a symptom pattern. Those symptom patterns will be left undiagnosed and then it will lead to a disease process. That disease process then gets a name and then people start getting a diagnosis and that diagnosis then, then is medicated. And then people find themselves on a multitude of diagnoses, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. They have high, you know, uh, inflammatory markers. They have high you know, kidney markers, or they have start having stone buildup in their gallbladder. Had a patient this weekend. I mean, I, I wish I had the picture um, of the, the gallbladder clearing program that the medical people put her on. And you can see the, the deposits of trash in her bile. And, and the bile helps the, the, the liver produces the bile, stores it in the gallbladder. And, and, it, and if it gets gummed up, it will cause all kinds of digestive challenges and it will cause malabsorption where you don't, you don't uh, absorb food well. And now you can't feel well because you don't have any nutrition coming in, even if you're eating good. So there's, and it was just amazing to see the layers of fat uh, and the layers of trash in the gallbladder ducts and the bile ducts. And these are things that we can help you with. We can literally emulsify uh, those fats out of the gallbladder, improve bile production from the liver and make your body perform at a higher propensity for good health, good vibrations, if you will. And, and your body will be less likely to continue down that inflammatory path. We want to interrupt the cycle that you're on and food is medicine. So, uh, Gardner, do we have any questions? You know, I'm uh, telling everybody good morning and I see a lot of people tuning in but yeah feel free to ask questions if y'all have anything going on and I know a lot of people have stuff going on right now we want to hear about it uh this this morning is a little bit different than normal and I'm excited to see how it goes because this is just opening a new opportunity for us to reach people in a different way um but Dr. Chapa you know I have a question you know a, a lot of stuff's going on right now in in the world with COVID-19 coronavirus a lot of a lot of testing and stuff and I had a friend talk to me the other day asking about you and what you would do, what you would say, what are things that you can take? And 
I told him, I was like, Dr. Chop has been talking about this for, for years, literally talking about this for years, you know, not letting stuff build up in your system. So that way your body is equipped to take on things, you know, taking the correct supplements, detoxing and making sure that your body is set up to be able to take on stuff. And you, you said it earlier, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, and can you, I guess, just talk about that for, for a little bit, because there is a lot of craziness going on, yeah, you so, know, in the world. You know, number one, I think that me and a few of the other docs that I follow uh, here in Houston, for example, that we talk with on a regular basis, um, we all have been saying from the get-go of this COVID experience um, that we have to strengthen and build the human immune system. Uh, people hear that. And then people think that what we're saying is that the COVID virus is um, not a real thing. And never have we said that it's not real. We just said that the body is designed to heal from all disorders, that we aren't living in the 1920s where we were an open aired sewer system, that we were relatively unsanitary. There was a lot more stressors going on with the war and everything else and the guys coming back from war and and so there were many other pre-factors um, that were causing weaknesses in the immune system already what we deal with today is stress stress and i hate the blaming things on stress but if an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure one of the number one silent killers that people underestimate or just frankly don't know how to deal with is S-T-R-E-S-S, -S, stress. And stress comes mentally, emotionally, physically, and biochemically, and, and ultimately spiritually. Um, and, and so when, when you're burdened at this level, what happens is your body doesn't care if, it, if you win the lottery or if you uh, and have to deal with all the crazy that that brings into a person's world, or if you have tragedy and all the crazy that, that brings into the world, you still get a spike in adrenaline and a, and, or a spike in cortisol or a spike in uh, blood sugar dysregulation because typically during tragedy or high levels of stress, we eat the wrong foods. And, and one of the things that I've been telling people from the get-go with this COVID experience is this is not a famineist time. We're acting like it with respect to run on toilet paper and a run on this. But guys, we need to be thinking clearly about what it is that you're putting in your body. Like if you eat carbohydrates, refined sugars, additives, drink too much alcohol, processed food, these are all the make-believe foods that slow down digestion. They inflame the digestive lining and they cause immunological decline. They cause the immune system to be sabotaged in its dealing with its environment. And so stress then compounds the bad eating and digestion is now made worse. And now you can't even extrapolate nutrients that are good that you're eating because your body is under distress. Because think about it, when you're running from a metaphoric grizzly bear emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, biochemically, your body is in no place, no desire to, um, to sit down and procreate or eat food. Um, you don't want to picnic when you're running for your life. Uh, you want your blood and your muscles so that you can run or you can fight. That's the, the adrenal response. And so when that adrenal response, the way it was originally designed is we would go out once a month, we would fight the grizzly bear, 
and he would either kill us or we would kill him. So we'd have a momentary, you know, three to four minutes, maybe six minutes of fighting. We would win the battle and our adrenaline would calm down for the next 29 and a half days until we had to go out and do it again. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. And so the stress in the, in like those types of hunter gatherer days was very different in the body has five hormones that are designed to raise blood sugar. We have one hormone designed to lower blood sugar. And somehow or another, we live in a culture where biochemically our stress response is such that um, blood sugar wise, we have too much sugar. Well, what happened? Why aren't those five hormones reversing and lowering those sugars? Why did we get five hormones to raise it and one to lower it? Shouldn't we have gotten five to lower it and one to raise it? Well, no, God didn't mess up. Um, we are eating food that is causing an imbalance. And when you eat, say, for example, a can of soda or a cookie and you mix those together in your body, it can paralyze. And I use that word very, very like I want to just take a moment, paralyze your immune system for up to eight hours, eight hours. That is a lot of your day. Hello. You know? Um, and so guess what? If your immune system is taxed at that level, and then you compound that with a job stress, a financial stress, a worry about, you know, where you're going to get your next meal stress, a worry about your family safety stress, a worry about what, you know, your friends are doing next door stress and all these other stresses that people are freaking out over. Um, now it just, is another burden that your immune system is having to deal with. Your adrenal response system is having to deal with. And anytime your adrenaline, your stress response, your cortisol, your chronic stress response, or insulin, your blood sugar hormone response um, is taxed, you shut off your metabolism in, uh, it, very quickly. So we should be able to lose weight faster than we're gaining weight, but yet people's waistlines are getting thicker and people's belly fat is getting heavier, uh, which is really sad to see. But the truth is, is that is a testament of what you're biochemically, biochemically um, dealing with and your body's inability to keep up with its stress response. And so what we're trying to help people see is you are in control of your health. You're in control of your stress response, not in the fact that you can't always Deal, deal with what is thrown at you, but you can sure as heck handle by feeding your body's uh, natural stress pathways to downregulate how your body overreacts to stress and now responds to stress. So we always have to have a stress talk when we're dealing with immune responses. And so we want people to recognize that by taking the right care of your body biochemically, how you feed your system, taking care of the systems in the body via supplemental herb, uh, detoxification, uh, nutrient density, making sure that the adrenal glands, for example, the blood flow, for example, is, is really rich in your body during a, a stressful time because thank God we don't live in a famineist society where we don't have access to you know, wondering if we're going to get a meal today. You know, um, I mean, you, the grocery stores are still getting food. Now, I mean, I guess any of, at any given point, this, in, this could change, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. 
up until today, we have not had that problem. And but that people are still living on chips, sodas, sugary drinks, processed food, cookies, candies, cakes, ice cream. And we've talked about this several times. The um, average Americans consuming 150 to uh, 300 pounds of sugar per person per year. And that is a biochemical stress problem that is causing people to, to crash and burn. And so when we say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, we mean that if you start looking at what are you eating for breakfast, inventory what you eat for lunch, what are you putting in as snacks, what are you putting in at dinner time, and you start recognizing that few, is this nutrient dense or is this famine foods? Crutches from a dietary perspective are bread, rice, cereal, your grains, okay? The, and whenever we're looking at rich, you know, staples, we're looking at, um, you know, vegetables, we're looking at proteins, we're looking at good fibrous foods, avocado, for example, it's got good fiber, good fat, good eggs, the incredible edible egg, protein, carbs, um, you know, amino acids. I mean, there's so much good things uh, found in, uh, in, in the incredible edible egg. And we just continually see people leaning away from real food over to the fake food. And that's, that it, it's, it really scarily comes down to something such a simple task, but yet we seemingly can't figure out how to get it implemented. So right now, you know, I asked the question, Molly actually asked it too on the Facebook stream. If you're watching, we want you to guess, what do you think Dr. Chapa had for breakfast? We kind of asked that question at the beginning of the show. Um, I, me and Dr. Chapa started now? the stream. I mean, I guess we can. I want to see some guesses. You know, there's someone, they said some veggies. You know, Tammy said, I think he had veggies for breakfast. That's a pretty good guess. Tammy good probably guess. knows what I had. Uh, I sent her some version one time of what I eat for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and tell everybody. But, Show them. What would you have? But, but you got to also understand. So what I ate for breakfast was, uh, so I had a patient last week bring me Asian spinach, I think is what it was called. And, um, and I had never seen it before. It grows on a vine in her backyard. And it, I mean, it's got, I mean, it's deep, deep, deep green. Okay. And it's got red veins through it. And I'm thinking, uh, she brings me a, like a gallon bag of it and a little stem that I can grow my own. Right. And um, and so I, I yesterday morning and this morning, I decided that was going to be my veggie for the morning. And so I had a handful of that um, Asian spinach and it literally. I'm going to I'm going to tell you, I'm going to it's going to take me some getting used to. It's pretty bitter and it's pretty um, green, you know, and I'm used to spinach, you know, I'm used to kale. Um, but this was I mean, this was like it was it was definitely a different texture and a, and a different level of bitter in my mouth, but it was, I feel really good. And I just wonder, you know, why don't we reach to those, those deep greens that have red veins running through them? That's rich. And I'm just thinking, wow, like how lucky am I, I, I you know, I'm eating off the land. Then I had some um, egg whites this morning. And then I had a half a piece of uh, 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 Ezekiel muffin that was at like six. So it's 922 and, and most people haven't even had breakfast yet. And I'm on to my second you know, meal and what Gardy saw me eating earlier. Does, do we have any guesses at all? Yeah, we have some. What is um, it? You know, 
We got Wheaties. Someone said salad. We got uh, this is a breakfast of champions, but it's not Wheaties. <laughs> we got eggs, oatmeal, asparagus. There's a lot of guesses. Yeah. So so technically, my breakfast at 6 a.m. this morning was egg whites, that deep deep Asian spinach with a uh, a little shot of apple cider vinegar um, and um, a half an Eng uh, Ezekiel uh, English muffin. And then right now I'm eating uh, Brussels sprouts and some shrimp. And, um, and so here is my Brussels sprouts. Uh, I'm almost finished. We saved some for you. Mm. I didn't even know there was shrimp. There's oh, shrimp yeah. in there? I, I, well, you didn't see that. You just saw the, uh, the, the furry lettuce, you know, but this is Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and as many of you guys know, Brussels sprouts from, is one of my favorite foods because it's so metabolically active. Now you've given me permission to eat while we're on live. And, and, um, which I'm really excited about because I love eating, <laughs> and, but Brussels sprouts are so good for your liver. They're so good to uh, metabolically enhance, um, you know, liver function throughout the body. And what happens when it comes into the liver, it helps support this process called, it's a big word, don't panic, cytochrome P450 enzyme system. It is a conversion process of fat soluble compounds and chemicals into water soluble uh, processes that I can pee out the ex excrement, I can sweat it out, breathe it out, poop it out, get rid of you know the waste, right? And so um, somebody said to me this weekend, well, I thought the liver was like an oil filter and it accumulates waste. Why would you wanna eat that? And I'm like, oh, misconception, um, no problem. I love it. So let's re, let's reeducate. And so the, um, uh, the liver is not a filter, okay? It's not a filter. It is a chemical factory. It's also the quarterback, right? So it's looking for who is it going to throw the excrement to? Do I throw it to the bowels? My number one choice, you know, that's the, that, the, the wide receiver that I always go to. I can always count on. The bowels should be your six-lane highway to get rid of trash and waste that your body can't deal with. Um, but if it can't, it's going to backflow into the liver. The liver is going to have to quarterback that through the lymphatic system to the secondary exit channels. Those secondary exit channels are high lymph. That's the collarbones and up. That's your lymphatic system. That's going to be your ears, your eyes, your nose, your throat. So if you're stuffy this morning, if you've got you know, uh, lots of pressure or you know, puffiness under your eyes, or you feel sinus trash or sinus tr uh, pressure behind your eyes, or you feel a little clog in your, you know, underneath your jawbone and in behind your ears, that's an indication that your high lymph system is being taxed. Your liver is throwing the trash through the sinus processes and, uh, or your high lymph system. If it goes out your lungs and you have wheezing, air hunger, excessive yawning, your difficulty breathing, asthma, um, these are types of indicator lights that your liver is tossing the, the trash to your lungs. And then if it goes out your skin, you're going to show up in a rash. You're going to show up with itchy skin. You're going to show up with, um, you know, acne breakouts, things of that nature um, coming off the skin. That's your body, your liver throwing the trash out the skin. This is not a good exit strategy, these secondary pathways. So your body's going to find a secondary way to get rid of it, or it'll throw it to the kidneys. People that have struggle in this department develop kidney stones, high blood pressure, ankle swelling, energy fatigue drops. They start seeing a shift in the way they feel like their ears getting red. 
Um, they start noticing ringing in the ears. These are all indicators that the kidneys are malfunctioning and not handling the workload. And so when the liver is the quarterback, we want to feed it food. Cruciferous vegetables are one of its favorite things. So that's your broccoli, your Brussels sprouts, your cauliflower, um, and, and getting those nutrients rich in your diet every day. Like and in, in, in asparagus, for example, it's a good green. Uh, it has more of an impact, though, uh, and, I, and I truly do believe it, it impacts all tissue, but it has more of an in, in, uh, impact on your kidneys and flushing trash through your kidney system. So again, recognizing that food is medicine, recognizing that certain foods affect certain organs more effectively, and knowing that the liver's the quarterback, we better be eating a ton of the foods that support that. So we use a product called SP Green Food cruciferous complete, um, the, the, the greens uh, 8,000. Um, these are products that help support SP cleanse, that, that liver quarterbacking capability and that chemical factory cytochrome P450 enzyme system to, to, to regulate what the body is being exposed to environmentally uh, and biochemically. Uh, in the body and what it, and also how it handles stress so a lot of people don't realize it but the the liver is such a key integrator of all good health that we want people to take care of it on the regular so brussels sprouts are just one of my favorite foods to manage the health of my chemical factory not my filter so when you're eating liver for example make sure the cow's healthy because yeah, the healthier the cow, the healthier its factory, you can enhance your own factory. And that's the blueprint. So we do a lot of stuff with organ system repair in our office. Well, we'll rebuild livers and your liver can be destroyed. Three quarter of, uh, of the liver can be destroyed and never show up on a blood panel. But yet you can cut out three quarters and it'll regenerate itself. How powerful is that? So you got to make sure you have the nutrient density to allow the system to be able to course correct accordingly. Dr. Chapa, there was a question. Some somebody uh, wanted to know. This is Tammy. She said, "Why egg whites instead of the whole egg?" So um, I'm just in a little stage in my life right now where I'm just challenging my metabolism, and so I've uh, decreased some of the fat load um, that I have been. You know, I'm. I'm. Everybody knows I'm very much into paleo and keto and things of that nature, uh, and and I use diets as tools. And what I've come to realize that a lot of people don't realize is when you're broken metabolically, you use keto or paleo to reset your metabolism. When you're functioning healthy, you can then tinker with other aspects of the diet and keep, you know, play with your protein macros and your fat macros. And I'm always going to be lower carb. So that paleo low carb living or the, the, one of my favorite books, The Art and Science of Low-Carb Living, uh, that I pro you know, proposed when I was doing my book ch chat a few weeks ago. Um, the, the, the Art and Science of Low-Carb Living teaches us how the brain and the body operate better on you know, fiber, protein, and fats, and carbs we don't really need a lot of. So I'm just in a stage where I'm just lowering a little bit of my fat macros, and um, so nothing against the egg yolk. The yolk is where a lot of the nutrients are. It's good for your brain. It's good. I would definitely not recommend it, you know, for kids to be so on egg whites. I want them getting 
those hormone cholesterol building properties. Um, without cholesterol, you can't make hormones, for example. And so one of the things that um, I'm just doing, I'm tinkering with my, uh, my metabolism and I'm now not resetting my metabolism, I'm driving my metabolism because you know, I'm not broken, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I'm, we're all broken, but you, my point is, is I'm, my body's really firing all eight cylinders. And so I'm able to put it into overdrive and really maximize my, my engine, as opposed to having to sit back and just, you know, grind on blueprinting and how to reconstruct and do what the chemical plants call a turnaround. You know, I don't, I'm not in a turnaround right now. I'm at full capacity, um, you know, blown and going. And so I can, I have the, the ability to tinker with the diet a little differently. Here's a, another comment. This is from Randy it says testimony. Chopster got me off of sugar two years ago due to my prostate cancer, lost 62 pounds. Thank you, chop. That's really cool. You know, and, and, and that is, that is a testimony. Thank you, Randy. God bless you, my good man. And, um, praying for you as well. Um, and you know, the, the game is, is this sugar really is, um, a controlled substance and it's not even a food. It's not even in the top 10 most common food allergens. It's on the chemical side of the playing field. And, 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 and so it not being a real food, let's talk about the four deadly food additives. And you're going to be shocked because sugar is not even the top four most common deadly foods additives. Do you understand? Like this is how it should be, but these other ones are even worse. And so first and foremost, we look at monosodium glutamate. We are killing off neurons in your brain. We are killing off the the synaptic ability to communicate a message from point A to point B when we put in artificial salts and spices that have monosodium glutamate. It is not your friend. It will cause headaches. It can cause migraines. It can cause high blood pressure. It can cause a denaturing of the cell membrane. It can cause, uh, uh, I'm not gonna say it causes dementia, but in a sense it does over time, right? Um, and it, when left untreated or undiagnosed or people don't realize it's in every spice you're probably putting on your food. If you eat out, it's in every spice they cook with at a restaurant. And, and this is a sad truth. But how else do they, they do they make guarantees that you can't eat just one? How do you think they get you to come back and eat their food over and over and over again? Because it's chemically designed for you to never lose that desire for that spark in your taste buds. And remember, nothing below your taste buds want it. Nothing below your taste buds want any of the four deadly food additives and or sugar. And, and so when we look at um, monosodium glutamate, MSG, we know that there's going to be ADD symptoms, ADHD. We're going to see the opposition defiance syndrome. We're going to see we're going to behavioral shifts. We're going to even see temper tantrums where people just are short fused. And this can be in adults too. You know, I've been around people that, you know, have anger management issues. If you got anger management issues, it could be the food additives that are coming in. And, and so it, it is so mind boggling to me that this is obvious and has been proven scientifically, but yet it's still in darn near every spice that people are putting on their food 
and we don't realize it's killing us. Number one, monosodium glutamate. The second one of, four, uh, of the four deadly food additives is high fructose corn syrup. And this is almost a guarantee to be consumed in everybody's meal plan every day in some way, shape, and form. You don't even realize it unless you're looking for it, but it's typically the first, second, or third ingredient. And typically when you see high fructose corn syrup or the new word crystalline fructose, um, when you see these hidden names of high fructose corn syrup or crystalline fructose, there's typically other sugars added to the product as well. It's like, it's not a, enough of a processed sugar. It's, we've got to throw in some extra ones, sugars too, because of how to, to balance out its chemical makeup. Again, it's not a real food. So when you see MSG, monosodium glutamate, or when you see high fructose corn syrup, or crystalline fructose and these other sugars, you know that they're having to add all these extra sugars to the diet or to that food in order to get it to even taste worth a dang. Otherwise it would taste like cardboard and you're not gonna eat it. You know what I mean? And so high fructose corn syrup literally is a poison that will derail liver function. We just talked about how valuable protective uh, and quarterback the liver is in that cytochrome P450 enzyme system to manage your chemical factory, without a healthy liver, you're in trouble. Well, high fructose corn syrup, crystalline fructose is one of the number one ways to clog up your liver. And, and so I encourage people pay attention to the food label, turn that package around, teach your kids to turn that around, look for MSG or monosodium glutamate, look for the uh, high fructose corn syrup or crystalline fructose, or bring in, you know, five or six foods and let us teach you how to read a food label. We'll teach you how to determine if it's synthetic, meaning man-made processed food. Typically, you can always just assume that if it's in a package, it's been processed, right? But there are foods out there that are processed that don't have these things in there that are better options. Um, and, and, and they do bail us out in, you know, moments where we need a quick fix. But remember, when you get into these substances, you're better off skipping uh, the, 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 that meal uh, if that's all you have access to. And every fast food joint you go to has high fructose corn syrup in their drinks. Uh, they have high fructose corn syrup in their sauces. They have high fructose or crystalline fructose in their dressings. And typically, um, you will find that MSG is going to be in the spices, uh, the spices they use on the on the stuff that you're eating, as well as in the sauces, as well as the dressings as well. So it's very difficult to get away from this stuff if you're eating at any other restaurant than your own home. Dr. Chapa, I think it's weird that a lot of places will have it posted like no MSG added, no MSG, that they have to brag about it, that, hey, there's no MSG in here. So it's like, oh, okay. There's a movement, right? I mean, people are yeah. coming to realize that there are things they should be avoiding. And there's enough people that have migraines and headaches and they have instantaneous, instantaneous um, neurological decline whenever exposed to these poisons. And the more people, the more people that have these responses are now becoming aware of these challenges. And guess what? It's obvious to them that it's time to start evaluating what they're doing. It's your life, your health, your choice. You've got to start recognizing 
where are these problems coming from? Don't assume that you're broken and that you can't be fixed and that you've got you know, this problem or that problem, like assume that is something that you can address. Assume that it's something that you're maybe even doing. We've got to look in the mirror and take responsibility of our own health. And when you're looking at those food labels, man, and especially if you're eating out the, the third, you know, food additive that people need to be avoiding is partially hydrogenated oil. And people don't realize, you know, this could be partially hydrogenated cottonseed oil. This could be margarine. This could be shortenings. Um, partially hydrogenated oil is another one of these substances that gets on the cell membrane and derails the, the inflammatory burden that your cells carry day in and day out. So if you've got cells that are inflamed, they don't fire effectively. They don't communicate to their neighboring cell very well. So when the brain says, hey, eyeballs, I need you to turn to the left and, and focus, they can't. They like, they like short circuit and then the kid now takes him 10 minutes to kind of reorient his daydreaming back to his studies. Or if he's doing math, every time he looks down, heaven forbid, he reads a book and his eyes have to go back and forth. Cranial nerve three, four, and six are broken and we've got to repair that. That's an MSG, cellular inflammation uh, from the, high, the bad oils, partially hydrogenated oil uh, in the diet. And we can start re regulating that by turning that around. And, and so partially hydrogenated oils will clog up your liver for three to six months, depending on how much you consume on a regular basis. And this typically will say partially hydrogenated, some kind of oil, cottonseed oil, uh, hydrogenated oil. I mean, but if it is, you know, if you're buying fake butters, you know, these butters that aren't real, you're missing out on vitamin F. Vitamin F is a vitamin found in butter. And vitamin F allows your body to get vitamins, minerals uh, to their cellular destination in a very healthy and effective way. And vitamin F, without it, you don't have your taxi service to carry the vitamins, minerals forward. And it is typically found in butter. And so we want to make sure that people you know, recognize that butter is healthy. Make sure that you buy healthy butter, um, organic butter, uh, it, because the fats is one of the areas where the body stores, um, uh, where the body stores um, chemicals. Hello, um, and, and 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 stores toxins, and we don't want those toxins to be in the cell uh, uh, cells because then that creates more inflammation, and that inflammation causes more communication problems. When the brain says jump, we can't, you know, or we misfire and. We stumble and fall in some way, whether physically, biochemically. So we've got three. We've got MSG, monosodium glutamate. We've got high fructose corn syrup or crystalline fructose and partially hydrogenated oil. These, these bad oils are a, a, a really big problem. So if you're getting into soybean oil, that's another one of these you know, catastrophic oils that is causing a lot of uh, metabolic dysregulation. And, and so just pay attention to those food labels and let us teach you how to read a label to see if you're eating real food or make-believe food. And we talked about earlier, make-believe food leads to what, Gardy? It leads to make-believe health. I do it, want to say I've never heard yeah. of vitamin F. And not many people have. And, and, and that's one, and, and it's in the 19, 
40, mid 40s that was kind of swept under the rug because that was about the time margarine was making its, it was actually called oleo back then. And it was a, a type of fake fat, that, but we had to sweep the information of vitamin F under the rug so that we forget about it and people don't realize they're missing it now in the 2020 era. Nobody knows about it, but it's so vitally important to your well-being day in and day out. And that's why most of the time when people come into my office, even if they're taking fish oils from other, you know, uh, uh, bulk box brand companies, um, what I find is there's there, that's an ethyl ester metabolic chemical that doesn't have the same non-inflammatory uh, uh, inflam, uh, path process. It actually drives inflammation. It doesn't support de-inflammation. And vitamin F is a key ingredient in taxi servicing your, your, um, your nutrients uh, to your destination. And butter is a great place to get it, man. It's just an absolute great place to get it. And you don't have to like, you know, uh, eat gobs and gobs of it if you're afraid of it, but a little bit will help you get that nutrient in your system for sure. Okay. So here's another question. And this is actually two different questions. What kind of butter do you recommend? And then what kind of oils do you recommend? Okay. So, uh, Kerrygold butter is still my number one favorite, but I'll buy organic, uh, central market brand butter, or I see there's a uh, one like, it's like deer O lakes or something like that. And it's, you know, I, I, I personally try to, I buy the more expensive butter. I look at it and, you know, contemplate it and, and just read the box and see what they're doing to it. And, um, and I found that a lot of times they even taste better, you know, and, um, and, and then I found that over, you know, at, at uh, uh, Costco, for example, um, they would, you can bulk buy Kerrygold butter and it actually winds up to be even less expensive in it. So that's a very good quality butter that, I mean, does taste different than your standard butter. And, um, and so one of the things that, um, and that was the first, and then what oils do I recommend is avocado oil. So I'll use um, uh, avocado oil, butter, uh, olive oil, and coconut oil or the typical uh, oils that I use uh, in any type of cooking spray or cooking to lubricate a pan or to drizzle over a salad, if you will. And, um, and, and, and I use the coconut oil and the avocado oil typically in my cooking because they can handle higher temperature. Um, and, and then on my, uh, I use olive oil uh, typically for like salads and um, uh, that are more like at that lukewarm temperature that because olive oil is more fragile. And so these are very non-inflammatory fats that are very good for our bodies that we need to be consuming more of. Now, the last additive that we want to look at is um, artificial sugars. Man, I could talk an hour on these alone. This is going to be, uh, uh, this will be aspartame, okay, the blue packets. This will be sucralose, the yellow packets. This will be saccharin, the pink packets. And so when you look at these deadly sugars on your table and your kids are sprinkling it in or you're sprinkling it into your drink, recognize that these are very, the things that are literally causing a synaptic decline in your brain. So when you're complaining that you can't remember well, that you can't read well, you can't focus well, you can't think well, or you're having symptom patterns like a headache, guess what? You will find that you uh, are probably getting into any of the, the, these types of sugars or the four deadly food additives as a whole 
coming in in some capacity. And you don't realize if you get into a little bit on Monday and a little bit on Tuesday and a little bit on Wednesday, I mean, your whole week is now contaminated and derailed. And yes, your chemical factory should be able to handle it. But when you do this seven days a week, 30, 31 days a month, year after year, you have what's called bioaccumulated waste buildup. Your body, just like you get overwhelmed with mail and paperwork and emails and workload at, in, your day, in your physical productivity life, your body gets overwhelmed with chemical uh, bioaccumulated buildup. We've got to recognize that the body just needs a vacation as well. And so we want to try to get people to recognize the value of, of giving the digestive tract a break and or a vacation or a permanent you know, fix in removing these uh, four deadly food additives from your diet. And then the last fifth bonus uh, chemical that we've got to get out of our diet is sugar. And you know, I don't know if we have access to it right this second, but we could possibly uh, post in our little chat log or on Facebook, you know, our sugar quiz. And on one side, uh, it's a quiz to see how addicted to sugar you are, which is always fun to kind of do some assessment, but then to look at the 146 different ways that sugar can influence and ruin your health. I think there's only 132 on the list because I couldn't squeeze any more on the page with all the margins gone. Um, there's so many ways that sugar can ruin your health metabolically, cardiovascularly, neurologically, immunologically, uh, in your thyroid, in the uh, digestive tract, your blood uh, capacity, your kidney function. This stuff literally glycates or crystallizes in the blood and thickens the blood. It's like little razor blades that cut the arterial lining and starts to inflame it. And, and that inflammation is continuous and that will cause massive rapid decline. And again, is and should be labeled a controlled substance. And if it was a new product that we discovered today, it would be a controlled substance that we would um, uh, want to avoid like the plague. And so, you know, these deadly food additives have to be addressed. They have to be evaluated. And we've got to help people recognize where they're coming from. So read the label. Don't just look at the supplement facts. Don't look at the nutrition facts. Look at the ingredients because sometimes it will fit the, the standard American, you know, supplemental fact FDA guideline. And we all think that that's right and accurate, which oftentimes is not, but marketing is to hide the truth in the ingredients. And then you buy it thinking it looks relatively okay. And you can't quite tell the difference. Just like you didn't know what vitamin F was. None of us know what we don't know. You know, there's always things to learn and grow from. But man, one thing you've got to start taking responsibility for is knowing your food. And, and so we want to help your body um, see real food is real food and make sure that you've got the tools and resources in order to make good choices day in and day out. So th there was a question. This is from uh, who asked? Oh, this is from Randy as well. What do you think about stevia? Because we're talking about artificial sugars. And then this is another question from Bernice. She wants to know about good snacks for kids uh, trying to avoid sugars. Okay, so uh, at our Eat This, Not That lecture, we, we, we proposed some of the gluten-free, you know, uh, healthier brands of dairy-free, you know, products uh, from like, for example, Vans was, a, was one or Glutino. 
But the reality is, is it's still organic cane sugar. I had a girl come in yesterday. So we run this, this uh, blood uh, panel that shows 100 and I think 22 or 32 different food allergies that people are having a response to. And it was really sad because, you know, the child has um, neurological tics and anytime she gets into sugar of any kind, she has tics. And we also, you know, found that she's got severe allergies to cow milk and casein. She's got severe allergies to gluten. She's got, you know, um, uh, pretty bad allergies. They kind of rate them um, to like several other foods. I mean, and, and it was just, it's, it's just one of these things. Like if you get into, if you're allergic to wheat, dairy, and sugar, and you get into one meal that's got all three of those, that's like an atomic bomb for a person like that. Well, how do you get a four? I mean, a, an eight-year-old or ten-year-old to not eat sugar? You literally have to just educate them and train them. Look, sweetheart, I know you want this. I know your taste buds love this. But guess what? It's killing your brain. It's hurting you more than it's serving you. And we, I want you to understand that it's your life, your health, your choice. My daughter, fig, we figured out with her and red meat don't mix. It's like oil and water. And when she would get into it, she'd get a migraine. And well, she's a blood and I found that a blooded people don't digest red meat. Well, does that mean that she needs, doesn't need that? She's never, uh, never gonna have an iron problem. No, we're just gonna have to find other ways to get the iron. We're gonna have to make sure that her stomach acids are rich so that she can break down the foods that have iron like spinach or, you know, uh, supplemental iron in order to cleave off the iron into something that she can use to make sure that she doesn't have iron problems. Um, and so there's other ways that we can get her what she needs. So when you when you look at a packaged food for a kid, look at the um, look at the ingredients, and you have to pick the lesser of evils because typically you're going to send them off to school, you're going to send them to church, or you're going to send them somewhere, and they're going to have access to these food sources. And we've got to give them resources that they can eat. You know, they have gluten free, you know, clean fig newtons that are more. They're not the enriched flours that we see on the label. When you see enriched flour or refined wheat flour on a label, you're guaranteed that is a processed synthetic product. And really, you shouldn't buy it, you know? And I think the more educated you guys are, you guys will help change the company's ingredient labels. Or, heaven forbid, what they've done is they just change the names. And that's what we got to be mindful of and catch them in their, in, in their act because that is wrong. That's not how we should be. We should be wanting to give a healthier alternative to not burn out the brains of our kids in an early stage of development. So when we look at uh, food ingredients, look to foods that, man, get them eat an apple. You know, if they need sugar, like an apple and some peanut butter, an apple and some almond butter. Um, we have fla uh, flax seed snacks and chia seed snacks and pumpkin seed snacks and uh, watermelon seed and, and uh, snacks, like those healthy fats, those fats will curve their appetite. It, there's, they, you can, you know, teach them to appreciate other spices other than sugar. You know, when you have to load everything up with sugar, that is co contributing to this five hormones that raise blood sugar, one hormone to lower blood sugar wear out process called diabetes or hypoglycemia or, or, or uh, metabolic syndrome. And you can, we can interrupt that process in our children today, right now, by eliminating this need for continual stimulation of the sweet palate. And so we, the, I, we look at 
we give our kids packaged foods, but we like seaweed snacks. My kids love seaweed snacks and, and, and they can eat it uh, the, by the grove. And there's a ton of exotic minerals in there. There's no sugar in it. Um, and you've just got to train these taste buds to appreciate it. And, and, and it takes time, guys. I mean, 17 exposures to little Johnny's palate before he'll appreciate real food, I hate to say. So, man, I mean, some of these foods might take you 17 years, one bite a year. You know what I mean? But if you can get them educated, if you can teach them and train them, well, first, who you got to work on first? Yourself. You got to make sure that you're willing to eat the non-processed junk food. You got to make sure that you're willing to say no to the sugars and the alcohols and the additives and the, and the processed food in order to make sure that you're uh, setting in a good example, because they're going to always do what you do, never what you want them to do, I hate to say. And then a lot of times, even what they see you doing right now, they might still rebel, but they'll watch and there will come a time when they're, when they're, um, uh, their stem cells begin to decline a little bit. Their metabolism begins to slow a little bit. They start having unwanted, unnecessary hormonal symptoms uh, or brain fog studies issues. They will start waking up to, you know, I wonder if mom and dad have been right. I don't really want to give them credit for it because, you know, they can't ever be right. But, you know, maybe I should try that in the shadows. And you'll start to see a small shift. I see it every day. You guys might not see it because... I work with so many people that go through these processes that they can't quite get a, um, they don't see, they just living in the moment, see their kids killing themselves with junk food and, um, and they know better, but they can't seem to get that message. And a lot of times it's because for the last 17, 18 years, they've been able to eat all that stuff and mom and dad are eating all that stuff. And we have to teach people balance and moderation and how to cheat and how to cheat effectively. Is stevia uh, okay? Stevia is okay. It's a 2000 year old Peruvian herb and it doesn't spike the blood sugar like high fructose corn syrup or even organic or regular cane sugar and definitely not like white refined sugar. Um, and so stevia can definitely be a value. Um, I see also date paste and, and date syrups. You know, date as a sweetener is, an, is okay. But just remember, you know, when you look at these products, uh, that's a fruit sugar-based sweetener, and fruit-based sweeteners can oftentimes be high in what we call a fructose burden, and if you overindulge, you know, so you're just kind of replacing one evil for another, the fructose has a, a more negative bend on affecting the liver and clogging it up and making it malfunction, and so we've got to be mindful that, again, if we're reaching to sugar, 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 sugar as our solution, uh, and we're looking for an alternative sugar that still tastes sweet, we've got to remember we're missing out the bitter, the salty, the sour, and the savory palate. Um, and, and we've got to stop exercising the one and being dominant in one. We've got to get everybody up and running. So I always, when kids give me the, you know, the, the bitter Brussels sprout face, the, you know, I ask them, <laughs> what is it? that you didn't like. I know it's funny, right? You want to see it again? You know, I, I got it down. Um, you know, because if they, if they came over to my house, they would see that my, my daughter's figured out how to make Brussels sprouts taste good. You know, onions, bacon, a little avocado oil, some uh, her favorite MSG, partially hydrogenated free spices. And all of a sudden we got you know, neighbors that say, hey, can Kinley make the Brussels? And she calls them sparkly veggies. 
and, um, and, and they're one of her favorite dishes and people love it. And so, you know, there's ways to enroll. And one of my friends, he's a chef, and he says that um, the best way to get kids to eat real food is to get them involved in the cooking process, get their hands in there. And many parents are not patient enough to let their kids try to screw up, mess up, and, and uh, you know, mess up the kitchen. And I can't tell you how many broken jars that we've had to go through. I remember, you know, uh, or, or um, um, skillets that hit the ground with food in it. And we just scoop it back up and keep going, man. You know, uh, a little cat hair won't hurt you, I guess, you know. It's, uh, but the reality is, is, is uh, you've got you've to allow your body to be exposed to the elements. And you've got to be willing to try new things in the kitchen in order to find out what you like and what you don't like. And you'll find that you have patterns. The average American is eating the same 11 foods over and over and over again. And if we can get them eating healthier versions of food instead of the inflammatory sugary-based foods, what winds up happening is they will start to enjoy good quality nutrition. And then they won't look at it like a diet anymore. They'll look at it like real food, real fuel, real nutrition. And that's what we want people to uh, gravitate to. And, and so we look forward to teaching people how to uh, live well, be well, and stay well one bite at a time. Gardy, you look like you're smiling. What were you looking at? I was looking at your daughter. She was going back. She's a star. She, she absolutely is, you know, um, and I've had her Brussels sprouts. They're delicious. I've watched her YouTube channel. It's great. Yeah. Sparkling friends, you know, in the house. So she definitely loves, uh, you know, being uh, a part of uh, a part of the, the, the world that I play in. And so I'm just excited, you know, for people to uh, be a part of, you know, what we're doing at Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center. We truly believe in helping serve our community and giving people alternatives to drugs and surgery. And it is your life, your health, your choice. And people can, you can turn around any condition. You just got to be willing to do what it takes and do it long enough. And sometimes, I hate to say, sometimes it's permanent, you know, and people sometimes say to me, how long do I have to do this? Do what? Like eat well? I mean, it's a weird question to me, you know, but I've also recognized I've been doing this since I've been 15 years old, almost 25 years. I've been trying to figure out what my body likes, what it doesn't like. And every decade your body changes. So you have to roll with your metabolic shifts um, as time goes. And so I, I think that it's when you have a coach in your life, that's unemotional, to your condition, your situation, they can help lead you forward in a way and press you and push you beyond your own limited belief systems to live better, be better, and stay better one bite at a time. Dr. Chapa, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share? This has been a lot of fun today. It's interesting. Yeah, well, I hope that uh, people have enjoyed the show. Uh, I did. Randy had one question. I wanted to see if I could get to it real quick. We got a second more. Yeah. And he says, can we do a detox to flush the bladder and still eat the correct foods? And like we were talking about earlier, yes, any system in the body can be detoxed and flushed and, um, and, and still eat the correct foods. This, the correct foods will detox your, um, your system. The correct foods will improve the, the function of your um, systems as a whole. And so we want to make sure that you, when we feed things like asparagus, or we get in with some of the wheatgrass uh, work that we do, 
or the alfalfa sprouts that we do, we can literally push trash through the kidneys and get rid of that excess sediment. Will we go high dose carbamide for a little short season and really roto root the kidney system? We can channel trash through there more effectively. But do, man, simply just drink a liter of water per 50 pounds of body weight. Um, and if, you, if you're exercising, add an extra 32. If you're sick, add an extra 32. And when you add, uh, you know, when you get to that point and you're getting your daily recommended, and that might be a gallon to a gallon and a half of water, people, I, I never thought that I could, you know, consume 200 ounces of water in a day and do it effortlessly. And until I, you know, just started pressing myself, how much water can I take in? You know, and, I, and I'm not overdoing it, um, but I'm recognizing that 70% of the body is, should be water whenever we're young. But as we get older and more diseased, our body dehydrates, the cells deplete like pruny grapes, and that causes cellular decline. The healthier the cell membrane via food choices, essential fatty acids, vitamins, and minerals that we have nutriently coming into the body uh, is one of the best ways to get you there. And guess what? You know, when you're supplementing, don't just accept any big box brand store supplement programs. 97.5% of the supplements out there are not safe. They're not effective. At Living Well, I've vetted out every one of the companies I use to be the 2.5% of nutrients that will serve you, that will do exactly what you read about in the research, and it's not propaganda and not good marketing. It's, fa it's the facts. It's nutritional practice. Um, time-tested results that give people insights to living better, being better, and staying better. And we want you taking the best uh, nutrients. And we give all of our patients a discount on our you know, products so that you can make it easier to afford. Because we don't want you having to you know, wonder if the type of ashwagandha you're getting is the one that's real and going to help your adrenal glands or, you know, or finding out what type of nutrients you need to rebuild your gut lining or to detox your kidneys. We can help you with all of those questions and you can rest assured you're going to get exactly the plan that we want to build for you. So with that being said, uh, it was fun, Guardy. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm so glad to be a part of KHEA and what they're doing. I'm proud of the work Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center is doing and our staff. We love uh, all of you guys. and We just want you to share, like, and be a part of what we're doing each and every week, whether we're in the radio or on this uh, telepodcast. So we're just blessed and highly favored with the Lord Jesus at our side. And Lord, I, 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 mean, I pray that every one of you guys uh, begin to pray more that you begin to recognize more how important it is that you, re, you know, look to the heavens and know where your help comes from because we have to wake up. We have to recognize that not only is it our responsibility to take care of ourselves, we're in a sense putting on our spiritual oxygen mask on first, learning how to eat the word of God um, as meat and not just, you know, uh, you know, the milk, so to speak. We've got to mature, especially in this season. And we've got to unite people together. We've got to wake up people spiritually together so that we can, and that comes through how you feel. You know, if you feel terrible all the time and your symptoms, your body will literally, um, you know, self-destruct. And then you won't be an impactful force for your family. Then you won't be an impactful force for your 
you know, social circle or whatever next is on God's radar for you to do. He's put a vision out there. Are you going to accept it? And are you going to walk in your best version of you? We want to help you become the best version of you. We want your body to last. We want you to feel great, live great, be great one bite at a time. And we truly want to be a part of your world. So we pray and ask that you let us be a part of your Living Well Health Team. Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center is right here in League City, Texas. Uh, and we are, um, our phone number is 281-554-8600. And our website is justlivewell.com. So tune in every week from 9 to 10. And we'll see you guys next week. See you later, pal. Adios, amigos.